Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 8 O Lord, our Sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and infants, you have founded a bulwark because of your foes, to silence the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? Yet you have made them a little lower than God, and crowned them with glory and honor. You have given them dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under their feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Genesis 20, verses 1 through 18. From there, Abraham journeyed toward the region of the Negeb and settled between Kadesh and Shur. While residing in Gerar as an alien, Abraham said of his wife Sarah, She is my sister. And King Abimelech of Gerar sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, You are about to die because of the woman whom you have taken, for she is a married woman. Now Abimelech had not approached her, so he said, Lord, will you destroy an innocent people? Did he not say himself, did not did he not say not did he not himself say to me she is my sister and she herself said he is my brother i did this in the integrity of my heart and the innocence of my hands then god said to him in the dream yes i know that you did this in the integrity of your heart furthermore it was i who kept you from sinning against me therefore i did not let you touch her now then return the man's wife for he is a prophet and he will pray for you and you shall live But if you do not restore her, know that you shall surely die, you and all that are yours. So Abimelech rose early in the morning and called all his servants and told them all these things, and the men were very much afraid. Then Abimelech told Abraham, called Abraham, and said to him, What have you done to us? How have I sinned against you that you have brought such guilt on me and my kingdom? You have done things to me that ought not to be done. And Abimelech said to Abraham, What were you thinking of that you did this thing? Abraham said, I did it because I thought there is no fear of God in all this place, that they will kill me because of my wife. Besides, she is indeed my sister, the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother, and she became my wife. And when God caused me to wander from my father's house, I said to her, This is the kindness that you must do to me. At every place to which we come, say of me, He is my brother. Then Abimelech took sheep and oxen and male and female slaves and gave them to Abraham and restored his wife Sarah to him. Abimelech said, My land is before you. Settle where where it pleases you. To Sarah he said, Look, I have given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. It is your exoneration before all who are with you. You are completely vindicated. Then Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech, and also healed his wife and female slaves that they bore children. For the Lord had closed fast all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. 
Galatians chapter 3, verses 23 through 29. Now before faith came, we were imprisoned and guarded under the law until faith would be revealed. Therefore the law is our disciplinarian until Christ came, so that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer subject to a disciplinarian. For in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. As many of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female. For all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring. Heirs according to the promise. Good morning and welcome to the 17th Thursday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 8, Genesis 20, and Galatians 3. And I bet you didn't know that Abraham and Sarah were apparently half-siblings. According to Abraham, Sarah is the son, the daughter of his mother, but not of his father. Um... And so he's pointing out that he didn't lie. Um, but more importantly, what I always thought, and I mean, I don't know if it's, it's not entirely true, clearly, but what I always thought was that um, besides the like, oh, I'm afraid that people are going to kill me, let's pretend we're not married, so that maybe I have something to give them. Um, uh, I always connected this, or I always thought of, you know, if Abraham... Well, I think when I was young, I don't know if I really thought much about it when I was older. Um, but this is the, if Abraham is the, the founder of this, you know, community of faith between Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, um, then surely they would, there's some reflection um, on Abraham and Sarah, just like there is for, say, the church. Um, and I always thought it was more of a term of endearment like how, um, you know, ascetics say brother this or sister that or father or mother uh, to priests or abbots. Um, Because in the early church, that's one of the things that they did that caught the attention of the Romans. Um, They were accused of incest because they referred to one another as brother and sister. And if you're populating... And you're doing so with your brother and sister, that's incest. But it was, in reality, it was a way of, it was a term of endearment. Um, People still do it today. Um, You know, brother so-and-so and and sister such-and-such at church. Um, And the other place they do it is in the military. Um, I, I don't do it as often as some, but every now and then when I'll get into an email exchange or whatever with a veteran or an active duty person, they'll they'll say like thanks brother or hey brother I blah blah blah, um, and it's a term of endearment. It's a way of signaling of affirming that there's something you are somehow closer than mere acquaintances or even friends. That you're family, um, and uh, the early church did this, and it it um, kind of you know, draws from the passage from Paul's letter to the Galatians, um, where he says there is no longer male or female, but also slave or free. You're one in Christ Jesus. Um, and uh, these distinctions that we once held 
break down um, spiritually, metaphorically, if not actually. Um, another one that comes to mind is that verse from Matthew. I don't. I want to say like Matthew thirteen or something, where he says, "I don't come to bring peace, but a sword. I will split father from son, mother from daughter." So these bonds we once held that we once thought were important are somehow being um, torn asunder or flipped upside down. Um, that these distinctions fade away somehow um, within the context of the body of Christ. And so I, I have a, a brother and two sisters, but um, they may or may not be you know, members of the community of faith. And so um, it's true to say that they are my brothers and sisters. It's also not true to say they're my brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, and so there's this duality um, of, you know, I, I wouldn't say that, I don't know why Abraham did it, but I, when I was younger, I thought that's why he did it was, you know, to refer to his wife as a sister is kind of this breaking down of former distinctions. And if we're all family, if we're all kin, and God is our father and mother, um, then that makes us brothers and sisters. Um, and the, uh, you know, we're brothers and sisters through faith, to use Paul's language. Um, but it also identifies, you know, if you and I are brother and sister, those who are not brother and sister, even if they might be blood relations, are somehow not. Um, you know, there's the, no matter how we, you know, cut the loaf, um, there's going to be insiders and outsiders. Um, and so referring to one another as brothers and sisters in the church, we are also indicating that we have this close relationship that we don't have with non-believers. Um, and that's why um, I bring up you know, Christ's um, saying in Matthew of like, look, there, there will always be relations. What we do with them or distinctions or, or connections or associations, there will all, they will always be there. It's what we do with them. Um, and in the Matthew passage, at least, Jesus is reminding them that stuff that I'm calling you to might piss people off. But what's most important is that you ally yourselves with other people who are similarly committed to uh, Christian uh, practice and tradition and belief. Um, and even though that is a radically welcoming community, it's not compulsive. There are going to people who do not desire to be in the church. Um, and despite this, we still have, like, proselytization is still, like, so popular, and <laughs> I don't I don't understand how many more Christians, Christians think that Christians can make. I'm much more concerned about the quality of the Christians that I know rather than the quantity, but whatever. Um, and so in the military, by naming one another brother and sister, we're also reminding ourselves that we are, that by being insiders in this minority community, we are outsiders to the wider world. And this goes for the church as well. But um, veterans and soldiers know that we're different from civilians, especially after the end of the draft, where it's, it's not that everybody has a reasonable expectation of getting called up in the event of an emergency. Only those who volunteer will, will do so. And there's a certain set of experiences that come with that. And um, inevitably, people will be let down. Um, and so 
for for many of the interactions that I have, at least, with the people that I remain in touch with who are in the military, there's a certain amount of like when you know it's it's um, uh, you know you you know you know enough to know um, that your struggle is similar. Like everybody's been let down, has been through the military, and the vast majority of veterans I've spoken to have had really difficult. Um, experiences in the civilian world. And so calling one another brother and sister is also a reminder to hope. It's a reminder that you're not alone, Um, that sometimes that brother and sister, even though it's used as a term for insiders, it's also a way for for outsiders to make their own, um, you know, their own inside, I suppose. And so that's why uh, there's this, it's not, maybe not why, but that's why it's important to to understand this as a duality um, that we'll always have brothers and sisters. Um, even if you're an only child, if you're a Christian, if uh, really if you're any kind of community member, you'll have brothers and sisters. Um, but the bittersweet reality is that by being our brothers and sisters, it often also means that we are outsiders to someone else's community, someone else's community that might be more powerful or influential or wealthy. Um, and so calling one another, as, as Abraham did, brother or sister, um, it, can, it can cut both ways. Um, it gives us hope when we need it, but it also reminds us of that, the need for that hope, um, that, we were, that we are outsiders seeking to get in, um, and that the, when we use those terms, it's a reminder that, that we are in, even if we may feel like we're out. A prayer for the whole human family, adapted from the Book of Common Prayer. O God, you made us in your image and redeemed us through Jesus, your Son. Look with compassion on the whole human family. Take away the arrogance and hatred which infect our hearts. Break down the walls that separate us. Unite us in bonds of love and work through our struggle and confusion to accomplish your purposes on earth, that in your good time, all cultures and genders may serve you in harmony around your heavenly throne. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with pewpewhq in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.